Welcome to Shelter Cove. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you find encouragement through today's message. For more information, check us out online at sheltercovelive.com or send us a text at 209-340-3115. Hey, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Jeremy. This is David, a couple of the pastors here at Shelter Cove. And if this is your first time joining us online, just want to say welcome. So glad that you're joining us today. You joined us on an awesome weekend. We are on week two of a five-week series titled Healthy Relationships. Last week, we looked at the foundation of healthy relationships, how healthy relationships begin with our loving God fully and loving others unconditionally. And then today we're looking at the gift of singleness. We're looking next week and the week after uh, at healthy marriages. And the final week, we're wrapping it up with healthy families and healthy parenting. And Jeremy, I think before we jump into our talk on singleness today, I think that there's two elephants in on our screens that yeah. we may need to address before we actually jump into it. The first one, we're both married. We are. We're both married and we're gonna be talking about singleness. Yep. So that should be addressed. And then also, I think that there's gonna be people that are watching who are like, man, I'm, I'm married and I'm having problems with my marriage. I don't need to talk about singleness. Yeah, and as we've talked over the last couple of weeks, preparing for this message, we've realized that so often, like the problem in our marriage is not a marriage problem. It's really a single problem. It really has to do with our our singleness. And so regardless of where you're at relationally today, married or single, we believe that God's gonna speak to you in just a really encouraging and powerful way. And we also wanna be sensitive. It's Valentine's Day weekend, and this can be a really difficult weekend for our single friends. Uh, So many of you are seeing people in relationships and you're desiring that or desiring what you used to have. And so, Today, we want to communicate with a lot of compassion, a lot of love, a lot of grace. Again, we're on this journey as married men trying to figure out who God wants us to be just as men, like outside of our spouse. And so excited for that. If you guys have your Bibles, meet us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. That's where we're going to be today. Uh, Two verses. They're going to be on the screen in a minute if you don't have them. And this is really the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul Uh, was given the gift of celibacy, the gift of singleness, uh, which allowed him the freedom really to do so much ministry. Um, Instead of uh, being able to care for uh, a wife and children, he was able to go on mission trip after mission trip after mission trip and really fully live for the Lord in a way where his his family wasn't distracting in any way. And so he's going to share with us in these few verses, really, there is a great gift in being single, but not only that, there's a great gift in being married as well. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 6. It says, Now, as a concession, not a command, I say this, I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. I love that. So one translation puts it this way, God gives the gift of the single life to some and the gift of married life to others. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, as we are just diving into what your word has to say about this and how we can live our life um, just fully uh, committed to you, God, we ask that you would guide this conversation, that you would prepare our hearts and allow us to hear from you and respond to you the way that you're calling us to respond. Jesus, we love you 
And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we're stoked to be able to, again, have you with us today. And we've got so much content that we want to cover. But before we dive in, uh, as a single person, there are so many lies that the enemy communicates to us on a regular basis. And so we just want to identify what some of those are. Yeah, I think, too, like just looking at the world, look at uh, Disney and, and look at from the time that we're born all the way through our lives, through our movies and TV shows and music and everything, even family, is pressuring us and telling us that if we aren't in a relationship, that there's something wrong with oh, us, good. that we're not desirable, that we aren't good enough, that we have something wrong with us. That we're not normal, not wanted, and the list goes on and on. And really, uh, that's a lie from the enemy. And if we're not careful, we can be people that not only listen to those lies, but over time begin to believe those lies. Jeremy, have you ever believed those lies about yourself? You, you know, I have. I, you know, several times. Uh, there's been several times where I've been in dating relationships before, of course, meeting my beautiful wife, Kelly. We've been married uh, over 20 years now. Awesome. Uh, but before that, I, I dealt with, with rejection. Yeah. I had multiple gals that said, hey, either uh, I'm going to break up with you because this doesn't feel right. One that said, I still have feelings for my ex-boyfriend, which that was hard. <sighs> and yeah. so feelings of inadequacy, insecurity, uh, not being good enough are all things that I have painfully walked through myself. Yeah. And, and we take these pressures and we take these things on ourselves. And, and sometimes it actually makes us jump into relationships before we should. Yeah, you're right. In fact, just this last week, looking at the research on the California divorce average, in fact, over 60% of wow. marriages in California end in divorce. And some stats say it's even higher than that. Yeah. So we should be really careful really before really. we jump into marriage because most of them now don't work out. Yeah. I mean, that's like getting on an airplane and having the stewardess get on the intercom and say, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, there's a one out of two chance that this is going to crash and burn. Yeah. Uh, you'd think twice. Yeah, you would really make sure you knew what the pilot was doing. Right? I'd probably take a Greyhound. I'm just keeping it real. Probably take a bus. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it, it's crazy. And, David, you've worked in, in youth ministry for years. I've worked yeah. in youth ministry, and, and we see what happens yeah. when people jump into relationships or a marriage and they really haven't got to a point where their hearts are, are whole with God. Yeah. And you guys, you guys know the situation, right? Like there's the guy who, um, he, he has his own things going on. He's looking, when he's single, he's looking for a satisfaction. And maybe it's pornography or maybe it's alcohol or maybe it's whatever it is. You guys fill in the blank with whatever it is for you guys. But then he sees the girl from across the room at the party. And it's like this beautiful moment, the stars are all aligned and there's like angels singing over her head and it's just this wonderful thing. And, she, and he's like, yes, that's the girl. And he walks over to her and they begin to strike up this conversation. And this girl, she's on the other end of this with these insecurities yeah. and these um, jealousy and this, all of these different things as well that she is working on herself. And they each are thinking to themselves, oh, this... This is beautiful. The, angel, the angels were singing. Mm. And they're thinking, this person is going to fix it. Mm. This person is going to make me whole, make me better, complete me. Mm. So they get into this dating relationship and they live their lives, but the guy still struggles with pornography mm. and the girl is still finding herself um, insecure in different areas. And um, so they're like, ah, oh, dating's not fixing it. So, I mean, next up. Let's get married. Let's get married. 
So they get married because marriage is obviously going to fix it, right? And then it doesn't. And then they're like, ah, kids. Let's have some kids. Let's have some kids. So we have kids. And, and, and then we think from there that the kids are going to fix everything. And then that doesn't happen. And, and, and then the bigger house and more cars and a boat and any, you guys just fill in the blank with, with the laundry list. And, um, and then what ends up happening for the youth pastors or the people that deal or, or we're left with a married couple who hate each other. Mm. And a kid that is just broken in my office because her world is falling apart. And, and it's because we jump into these relationships without fully grasping mm. who we were meant to be before we got in there. That's so good, David. And we're not saying this to make anybody feel guilty because maybe that's the story you find yourselves in. It's just a picture of reality yeah. when we don't find our wholeness in Jesus Christ because the reality is as individuals, as singles, we have holes in our hearts that only Christ can fill. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing that we want everybody to understand today is that there are things in this life, holes in our heart that only Christ can fulfill because here's the reality. It would be better to be single and lonely than married and lonely. Yeah. It would be better to be single and miserable than married and miserable. So and so true. wherever you're at today, we wanna to just talk about three relational needs, three relational needs that we all have. And, and this is especially for those that are single, but also for those that are married. Again, only Christ can meet these relational needs. If you're taking notes, the first one is simply this, it's acceptance. We all have this desire to be accepted by God. And that's the beauty of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ sees us and he, he knows us. I mean, he knows the, the strengths, the gifts that we have. Why? Because he gave them all to us in the first place. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our failures. He knows our temptations. He knows our sins. And not only does he accept us, like he desires us. Yeah. And, and he sees us in a way that's so different from the world. And if I could illustrate it this way, maybe, maybe your life is like this rose and you've been in one relationship after another and you've experienced hurt and pain and it feels at times like your life has been torn apart and you've uh, just experienced different challenges after time and, and this is how you feel and you feel so unwanted you feel maybe rejected who would desire me jesus does jesus sees you for who you are and he desires you. And that's the beauty of Jesus. Not only does he accept us, he desires us. And we see this clearly in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Mm. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Ooh, he discerns our thoughts. Um, and he still accepts us. Mm. Um, you search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. That's all of them. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Isn't that the crazy thing is the one that knows us completely? Yeah. Is that the one that just accepts us and desires us? And here's the, here's the crazy thing, David, is I think a lot, of, a lot of single people buy into this lie that, hey, I need to find somebody else that will complete, complete me. Yeah. I, need, I need to find somebody else that will make us me whole. And again, the reality is, is that only Jesus Christ will complete us. Only Jesus Christ will make us whole. Maybe somebody else will compliment us, come alongside us 
in who God has wired us to be. But Jesus Christ fulfills that relational need of being accepted. And not only that, he desires us and he chases after us. And we see that in Romans chapter 5, 8, where it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down his life for us when we felt like the rose and he's going to do something very miraculous. But what it means is that we don't need to pretend. Yeah. We don't need to pretend to be somebody we're not. We're not, we don't need to act a certain way to impress someone else because we don't need to impress Jesus. He sees us for who we are and he accepts us and desires us and pursues us fully. But not only that, not only is the first need acceptance, the second one, if you're taking notes, is love. Somebody write that in the chat. Number one, acceptance. Number two, love. Now, acceptance is beautiful, but it's incomplete, right? We can, we can be accepted, but acceptance without love, it's, it's just enablement. That's good. It's, it's just letting someone do whatever they want. And our world is so much like that. Yeah, we have this false understanding of love. You're absolutely right. It's enablement. Yeah. Yeah. And w what we have is God accepts us for who we are. So he looks at David and he says, David, you are a mess, but I love you. You are just filthy. You know, what? and let me give you my righteousness. Yeah. Let me give you my cleanliness. And, and, and because I know you, David, you're just going to mess yourself up again. I'm not just going to clean you. I'm going to give you my own so that you can't mess it up. Huh. And, and he gives us this righteousness. He gives this. And and God accepts you for who you are, but he loves you enough to pull you out of that. To say, no, you, you're meant for more than this right here. Whatever you're experiencing in this moment that's bringing you pain and heartache, God, God, you are meant for more and he wants to lead you out of those things into a life of purpose and into a life of joy and peace. And he wants to give you these things. I love that, David, because when Christ changes us, it really keeps us from feeling the need, hopefully, to, to want to change somebody else. I remember the uh, first couple of years in marriage, like, because I struggled with this, being, being loved uh, by Christ fully, like I would put expectations on Kelly that weren't possible because there's no way that she could fill that, that void in my heart. But not only that, I would have this desire to, to change her into the person that maybe <laughs> I wanted her to be. But yeah. when we allow Christ to change us because we're, we're just solidly confident in his love. Yeah. Boy, it changes us from the inside out. It changes us. So not only are we, we accepted, but we're loved, which brings about this transformation. But not only that, there's this security yeah. that we have from being loved in, by God because God's love is not based upon us. It's not based upon the way that we act. It's not based upon our behavior. It's based upon his character. It's based upon who he is because the Bible yeah. says that God is love. That Greek word again is agape. It's unconditional. In fact, I love what Romans says in Romans chapter 8. This is what Paul says. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that. It's beautiful. There's nothing that we could ever do that would cause God to love us any less. And so not only are we accepted by God, but we are transformed from the inside out and secure in the love of God. And there's no other security like that in the world. There's not, but Nothing. when we don't have that, yeah. 
there, there's this, this ripple effect in our lives, isn't yeah. there? I, I think most common like that is it comes out in the form of jealousy, huh. right? Like if we're not secure in our relationship, we're going to be jealous yep. of the things that they're doing or the people that they're talking to. And if we're not secure in, in who we are, even we're going to question our relationships. But one relationship that, that we never have to question is God's. Yeah, and you, you nailed that, David. Uh, we'll never have to question our relationship with God because we're secure. Yeah. And insecurity breeds jealousy. Not only that, I think it, it breeds disappointment. Hmm. We're disappointed in other people and we're setting other people up for failure because there's nobody else that can love us in a way that will fill that hole in our heart. Yeah. And so that's why this is so necessary, again, for singles, uh, for married people, these are relational needs that only Christ can fulfill. And, and when we walk in this, uh, boy, the marriage that we experience is going to take us to a whole new level. And we will have the ability to really walk in this gift of singleness, which yeah. is great. So we've got love. Uh, we've got acceptance. This, this third thing that, that we get from, from God in this relationship with Jesus is, is satisfaction. Somebody write that in the notes. Point number three is satisfaction. When I think about satisfaction, I think about the garden. Mm. Not your garden in your backyard, No, right? no, not the early not Genesis. Early Genesis okay. garden, yes. The Garden, garden of Eden uh, and, and us being satisfied in the garden because we humans, Adam and Eve, we were able to walk with God and talk with God. We had perfect communion with the perfect God in the perfect garden. It was a perfect situation. And yet when we chose to eat the fruit, um, our souls were left with just this, this fracture yep. and, and it created inside of our hearts this longing for something more, mm -hmm. that, that we desired something to come in and to, to satisfy this thing that we need in our life. And the enemy knows this. Mm. The enemy knows this and he is going to go after you, telling you that you will not be happy unless you are with someone else. Mm. And he is going to go after you, telling you that you are not enough without someone else. And he is going to continually over and over and over again, tell us that we need someone or something to come in and, and fix us. Dude, that's so good because what we tend to do is we tend to, instead of putting our life in God's hands, we want to take our life into our own hands. Yeah. And instead of being satisfied fully by Christ, we seek someone else out to satisfy us. And when we, when we do that, we end up compromising. We end up saying, you know what, God, I'm, I'm not gonna let you satisfy me, so I'm gonna get a boyfriend or girlfriend that will satisfy me. And, and often, the way that's done is sexually. And so we find ourselves in sexual immorality. We find ourselves sexually engaged with people outside of marriage. And um, what happens with that, then we end up moving in with them and cohabitating. And let me just lovingly encourage and challenge so many of you right now that, that maybe one of the greatest things that God is calling you to in your singleness is to stop living a, a life of sexual immorality or if you're cohabitating, meaning living with somebody that's not your spouse, it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, um, that you would move out. The Bible says that there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality. And again, we, we talk about the hard things here at Shelter Cove. We preach the Bible because we love you and because ultimately that's not going to satisfy you. Um, I think even about pornography. Pornography is one of those things that we don't talk a whole lot about uh, at the church. And a lot of people will say, hey, I'm not, I'm not sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm not, I'm not living with them. 
yeah, but you're, you're looking at porn on a regular basis and sexually you're satisfying yourself. And you justify it by saying, you know, I'm not living with anybody else or I'm not having sex with somebody else. And yet what you're doing is that you're, you're setting your future marriage up for failure because sex for you right now with pornography is all about self. When you get married, it's all about pleasing your spouse. And so one of the greatest things you can do is, is get some help uh, right now. In fact, what's the average age? You, you work with youth. What's the average age that kids start looking at porn, David? It's 11 years old. 11 yeah. years old. And that's, that's the average, right? So that means that there are numbers below and numbers above. So I mean, as young as seven, seven years old. Seven, yeah, and this, it used to be predominantly men. Now there's so many women that look at it now. So hey, yeah. if we can help you with pornography at all, um, please text us at this number right here and just type, hey, I, wanna, I want some help with pornography. We're not gonna judge you. We wanna come alongside you. But let me just wrap up this whole satisfaction with this is I think a lot of times we wanna find our satisfaction in sleeping around or in pornography. And we have this false mindset that says, hey, once I get married, yeah. It's all going to change. And yet you get people that haven't dealt with these issues because they're finding their, their satisfaction in sex or in pornography or pleasure, whatever, and they carry that into their marriage. And it ends up damaging and destroying their marriage because they've bought into this false sense of reality that once I get married, my spouse is going to bring me satisfaction when they can't, it's only Jesus Christ. Yeah, because you got to remember where that void came from. That, that void came from the garden. That void mm. came from our lack of communion with God, right? Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him mm. and for him. So by Jesus through Jesus and for Jesus, all things were created. So if we were created to live in this perfect garden with perfect communion and this perfect God, then it is just, it's, it's silly for us to think that anything outside of that yep. is gonna satisfy our souls. And, and we see this in, in not just the New Testament with the Apostle Paul, we see it in the Old Testament with somebody like Ruth. Mm -hmm. Ruth, was, Ruth is my favorite. Ruth is my favorite Bible story. Um, I absolutely love it. She was a, a young single woman, right? Her uh, widowed. Uh, she was recently widowed. Her husband passed away. Her mother-in-law says, hey, you need to move back to your family mm. because there you can have a family. You can have a home. You can have a place to be. And if you come with me, you're going to have nothing. Mm. And she said, no, no, no. You're, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And Ruth is just someone who is just the perfect example of being satisfied because she had an experience with the real God. Mm. And she said, no, I, whatever benefit I could have from family, whatever benefit that could come with me moving back home, I, I count that as loss for the sake of God. Yeah, absolutely. And then what does God do as, as Ruth pursues God and gets her satisfaction from God? God brings Boaz into her life, who would eventually be her husband, would redeem her. And it's just this beautiful story of how God works. But we also see the satisfaction or lack thereof in the New Testament with the woman at the well. In yeah. John chapter four, Jesus has this encounter with a, with a woman and he looks at her and I, I love it. I believe the scripture says he looked at her and loved her. And 
regardless of what you're going through today, I just want to remind you that God, God knows you and he loves you. Here's a woman that had five husbands and, and the man that she was now with was not her husband. Yeah. And what does Jesus do? He offers her living water. He offers her himself because she had tried it all. She had tried to get satisfied with marriage. She's trying to get satisfied right now in a relationship. Obviously, none of it had worked. And she's offering her himself because Jesus is saying, it's only through me that you're truly satisfied. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And yet, David, I, I think as difficult as this topic is, because we have so many of our friends watching right now that are, that are lonely, that are confused, that are frustrated, that are discouraged. I think one of the hardest things is that we can allow fear to creep into our life yeah. that allows us to make difficult decisions or wrong decisions. Hey, what if I never get married? Hey, I'm 20, I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm 40. What if God doesn't provide somebody for us? And when we fear, we end up compromising. We end up settling for, for less. And so I want us to just, let's wrap up our time by just answering that question so we don't settle for less, so we yeah. don't give in to fear. Yep. The question, um, and if you're taking notes, it's simply this one, what should I look for in a dating relationship? I think most practically, the easiest thing that we should do is just take a piece of paper and make a list hmm. of all the things that you're looking for in a significant other. And as we say this, David, I know what you're going to say here is gold in just a second. When we say dating relationship, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I would suggest that this is looking for a, for a spouse. Our culture will date often for selfish reasons because we don't want to feel alone, because we want to be sexually satisfied, because we want to have companionship. Uh, those are reasons that the culture dates. We're to, to date really because we're praying for a future husband or a future wife. Exactly. And, and as we're making this list, we're, we're making this list to, to decide qualities that we're looking for in a future significant other. What would be, what would be the first thing on that list? Oh, I mean, we always go back to our standard, right? Yep. The Word of God is our standard. So looking in 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, don't be unevenly yoked with other right. believers. I think at the top of our list, it's you, you should be searching for somebody who is a fully devoted follower of Christ. I love that. Somebody who is walking daily with him, has a vivid um, prayer life, is, is just walking and seeking after knowing Jesus in his word. Um, and really, David, if that happens so many of the other qualities will just fall into place, won't they? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you get, this is your list. So like you get to decide what's on it. And uh -huh. there's, there's preferences that we have, right? So, so if you prefer someone who puts the toilet paper pointing out the, the bottom side of mm -hmm. the back side of the thing, like a crazy person, yeah. then you can put that. Yep. Or if you like, or if you, the toothpaste. squeeze in the toothpaste yeah. from the center of the thing, yep. like totally fine. Um, Probably not. Those should be in the non-negotiables. Um, right underneath scripture there. No, that's not true. Um. But there's other things, like if you want to marry a millionaire. Yeah. Right? That's why Kelly married me. Yeah. Right? You know, Jimmy, we're all wondering why Kelly married you. Yeah, so am I. Keep going on. Okay, right. sorry. Here we go. Um, regardless of what it is, it's important once you got that list done to take it to a couple people that you trust. Maybe even a couple of married people who they can look at it and be like, ah, maybe this should be more important, or maybe this isn't as important as you might think that it is. And then once you've kind of worked on your list and gotten that thing situated, 
um, then they can help keep you accountable. So if you find yourself into a relationship that with someone that doesn't meet those, especially those non-negotiables that you mm. put up at the top, um, you have people in your life who are willing to come out and say, hey, like, knock it off. You're messing yeah. up. Like, You've got 24 hours yeah. to break up with this person because this is not what you've been praying for and you're compromising. And, and, and that sounds extreme in our world, but it's valid. Like it that is such a, a desperate times call for desperate measures, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's so important. And, and as we go from here, I think even taking this further, um, hold that up, that list up as a mirror. And, and do you, do, do your qualities match what's on your list? Would you be someone who would fit on someone else's list? Does your heart line up with Jesus? David, that is the hardest thing to do for a single person. Yeah. And not just a single person, but like a married person, because we always think through what we want in a spouse, what we're looking for in a spouse, but to really have that mirror and look and say, am I preparing to be the husband God wants me to be, or am I being the husband that God wants me yeah, that's hard because there's there's no blame game in that. It's so hard. And and our so we live in this age where like when things are hard, we can go watch Netflix or we, we can like hide from it. We or retreat. We retreat. And yeah. so so our, our challenge for you right now is like, don't retreat from this feeling. If you're feeling raw right now, like that's a good place to be in, because that means God is chipping away at some things in your life. And in that rawness, I think a couple things to add to that list, um, which is beautiful. I love the just commitment to being an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. I think a few things flow from that. Number one is relationships, that people would have great relationships. And then somebody else write this, great relationships and great character. Type that in the notes for me. Great relationships, watch the way they treat their mom. Yeah. Watch the way they treat the waitress yeah. when they drop the food. Yeah. Watch the way they respond to people when they disappoint them. So you want to have somebody that has great relationships because the way they treat other people will be the way that they eventually treat you. Not only that, just great character. Are they honest? Are they loving? Really going back to the message we talked about last week, honest. Are they a person um, that is um, humble? And then are they forgiving? And have that on your list as well. Yeah. But, but we need Christians to stand out right now, don't we, David? Yeah, we need we need our, our young, as I'm working with high schoolers and young adults, mm. and, and I, I'm seeing more and more, especially just through social media, just the, the need that we have for young men to step up and lead like godly, strong men, reading their word, knowing scripture, standing firm on, on who they are in mm. Jesus. And we need young women who are willing to step up and, and come alongside and bring life into situations and speak wisdom and insight and, and grace into situations as well. We need our young people to step up and step into that. So as, as we're encouraging you to not shy away from these mm -hmm. things, step into it. This is, this is God saying like, hey, let's go. Come on, like I'm, I, I need people to walk in who I made them to be because I have gifted you with everything that you need to accomplish the things that I have set before you. Uh, you are my masterpiece that we, I, I've given you all of the gifts that you need so that you can accomplish the things. And God is, 
is setting us up to step into that. So, ha, ah, let's go. Like we get to move into who God wants us to be. And there's no better time for us to do that than now. Than now. Than now. We, I love what you just said. Such a great word of encouragement. Like we live in a world of darkness. If you want to stand out, be a light. It's time for, for men to, to be men and women to be women. And remember, when you're dating, the, the, bait, you, you, the bait that you catch people with is what you're going to keep them with. And so if you're catching people with worldly stuff, you're going to keep them with worldly stuff. But as Christians, we're called to be light in the midst of darkness. What does light do? Light attracts people. You want to be truly attractive as a follower of Jesus Christ and attract somebody that's a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Live as a light and watch what God does. Hey, we'll be the first to admit this, this is a heavy, hard, difficult topic for, for so many of us. Uh, whether you're married right now and you're just really struggling, whether you're single and having a difficult time, but know that we are for you. We love you. And our prayer for ourselves really is the same prayer that we have for you, regardless of where you're at relational, relationally, is that your love, that your acceptance and that your satisfaction would be first and foremost found in Christ and that Jesus Christ would take care of the rest. Hey, let us pray for you just real quick. God, we love you. And we thank you so much for the opportunity to, to turn to your word, to listen to what you have to say for our lives. And God, we pray in a special way for our single brothers and sisters today that the hole that we have in our hearts would first and foremost be filled by you because only you can accept us and love us in a way that will truly satisfy us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, again, if there's anything that we can do to encourage you, whether it's a struggle with pornography or you're just really, really hurting right now and feeling lonely because of your singleness, please text us at this number on the screen and one of our team members will follow up and we would love to help you and support you in any way that we possibly can. Yep. Hey, we got one more worship song. David, it was awesome teaching with so you today. So you. much fun. Again, we're for you, but let's sing this song together. <laughs>